Therapist Responds, Episode 4 The Capacity to Remember Ourselves In the previous episode, we journeyed into the land of blankness in the mind. We were acquainted with the inability to feel a continuity in the mind while also feeling threatened by the fear of erasure every time we try and write something on it. We realized that the fear of erasure could be mitigated if we found a way to remember ourselves as a whole. It was here that we were faced by a new question. How do we find ways to remember ourselves in a way that allows us to be more than our distress? Before we continue on our journey to answer this question, I do wish to lay stress on one thing. We began the podcast from the question, What do you say to a person who feels he or she cannot hold on to life much longer? This question is meant to be answered for the person who is standing close or close enough to a loved one who is perched on a ledge too close to death. This question, however, is not for the person sitting on the ledge who feels they are too close to death or are harboring suicidal ideation. Suicidal ideation requires the presence of a mental health professional. This cannot be stressed enough. The question we are trying to answer is for people who notice signs of withdrawal and wish to reach out to their aggrieved other. Now, let us go back to the question for this episode. How do we find ways to remember ourselves? In the previous episode, we marked remembering ourselves in moments of crisis as a cornerstone for feeling safe emotionally and harboring hope again. It is so important to remember oneself when we are hurt or in pain. And this remembrance is of a specific kind. We must try and remember ourselves as whole, W-H-O-L-E, as capable, as someone who has hopes and dreams. We try to remind a person sitting on the ledge about people other than them, what will happen to your parents, friends, partners, etc. And that is not helpful to them at all. Do you really think they've not thought about that? A reason to move away from the ledge must be one in which they are reminded of themselves, as people who are much more than their pain and distress. Blankness, worthlessness, hopelessness are all signs of having no recollection of who you are beyond these feeling states. You can only see some parts of your experience and sometimes not even that much. As we have explored before, when the continuity of the mind gets broken, it doesn't let you feel whole, so much so that a person may not even feel that they are inside their body. That's the level of dissociation that can come about. It is for these moments that thinking about oneself was created. It isn't being able to care for yourself. Do you remember yourself as whole? So what is caring for oneself? I have divided this section into two parts. The first part is the psychological groundwork of care. Or in other words, what does care look like in the mind? The second part involves unpacking some tools 
that are useful in helping remember ourselves as a whole. Let's begin, shall we? What is care? Sit back and think of the first word that comes to you when you hear the word care. Tell me your word in the comment section below. For me, care has a tactile association, an association of a caress, of someone touching my cheek with warmth and affection. Care, in the mind, if I were to use just one word, is nourishment. It could be nourishment in the form of touch, a caress, a hug, the presence of someone you love. It could be someone's voice, a significant other or a caregiving other, even certain melodies. It could be food. Comfort food is comforting because of this. And it could also be what I call tuning into FM inner world. Well, now that we have part one covered, let's look at some tools and how they help us take care of ourselves and in remembering ourselves in crisis. Many people talk about dealing with mental health crisis with exercise, particularly yoga. Let me add here that exercise itself is not going to be enough to help you overcome emotional crisis, but it is very helpful in daily experiences of life. Why? The first thing to leave our mind or to be erased from the mind is our body. Emotional distress's first target of erasure is the mind-body link. Sleep, food and bowel movements are the first things that get impacted when we hit an emotional crisis. Exercise helps us rebuild this mind-body link and doing the erasure caused by emotional distress because at least for the time that you are exercising, you are forced to be inside your body to lift and move yourself. Yoga is the most efficient way to build this mind-body connect because yoga is so much more than just asanas and meditation. One of the key concepts in yoga is the mind-body connect. Practicing yoga every day helps reconnect the broken mind-body link. A simple yet effective tool to reconnect the mind-body link is taking a bath or a shower. To many of us, it may seem mundane, but the act of cleaning your body with soap and water requires seeing your body, touching it, cleaning it, and taking care of it. It imprints the body onto the mind again. Other popular self-care advice includes journaling, doodle making, sketching, etc. In Neil Gaiman's words, "Make good art" is the reverse of exercise, in which the mind is imprinted onto your fingers, and then on the canvas of your choice, through words, paint, ink, or ingredients. Self-care could also be about tuning into FM in a world. But how do we learn to listen to ourselves, especially if all that the FM plays are the toxic greatest hits of our life? But that's a question for another episode. My answer to how do we deal with the situation when someone close to us feels he or she cannot hold on to life much longer is this. When you see your loved one too close to death, you are also pulled into an emotional crisis. Before you can say something to them, 
to make them change their mind, so to speak. It is important to recognize that the blankness will make you forget your mind, yourself, too. In that moment, instead of running away from the blankness, remember that you are more than just the crisis swirling around you. And then, try and describe your journey from blankness, fear, and finally to remembrance of the whole you. Maybe something shifting in your being can be felt on the ledge too. With this, we close the loop on the first question we began to explore on this podcast. What will the next episode hold? Stay tuned to find out. Also, if you have any questions that have always haunted you emotionally, but you've not managed to ask them yet, then list them below in the comment section. My name is Ashwasti Tripathi, and this is A Therapist Response. Thank you.